the whole um, idea with the center is that it's very open science. It's truly built on trust between our partners, so they are sharing a lot of their expertise and knowledge uh, within the center, which I personally haven't seen in, in any other center. Welcome to this episode of Speed of Life. This is a podcast series focusing on innovations accelerating towards better health. My name is Björn and I am co-hosting this episode together with my colleague Diana. A very warm welcome to you. Let's jump into this episode. Yes. Hello to all the listeners of this special edition episode in which we will meet two representatives from the two of the world leading research and competence centers in the field of drug delivery and additive manufacturing, Sweet Deliver and OM for Life. A warm welcome to Kristel Bergström, director of Sweet Deliver, and Cecilia Persson, the director of OM for Life. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for joining us today. We are really happy to have you here. And we look forward to learning about the two centers uh, and how you support competence and research development in the field of life sciences. But first, we want to know about you. So please tell us, tell us about yourselves and your backgrounds. Who starts? <laughs> you can start. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm Cecilia Persson. Uh, I'm from a small uh, village on the Swedish countryside uh, but I really uh, feel I was actually talking about this yesterday I feel more like a, a world citizen than, than Swedish um, and uh, and that is partly because I've studied abroad uh, many years I did my uh, master's degree in um, materials engineering uh, and it was a triple degree so I went to France, Spain and I did my thesis in Italy and I worked there for a while and after that I also did my PhD in the UK uh, before I came back. Uh, so I have I have an interest in, in people and, and cultures uh, as well as engineering of course um, but it really and this also allows me to kind of take on the broader picture a lot of the time which is advantageous I think since we're in this multidisciplinary field uh, but but then again my my real passion is going deep in research so so it's it's a bit contradictory but uh, yeah that's me uh, what re- led you to the role that you have today as a director um, I think there were two reasons or two main reasons probably so I was part of starting up the, the additive manufacturing um activities at Ångström lab uh, so that is of course uh, kind of the hard reason uh, and then I have uh, quite some experience in leading larger consortia so EU in EU projects uh, there are also a combination of academic partners and industrial partners as well as healthcare so so I have some experience in that and enjoy that. And what do you find the most uh, rewarding being a leader in this kind of organization that we'll hear more about um, soon? Uh, I think mainly uh, seeing people grow in, in their in their projects kind of and in their roles. Uh, so, I mean, we spend a lot of time um, supervising PhD students and that is, of course, the most rewar- rewarding part to see them grow and, and develop. And um, and in this um, center is is partly that, of course, but also seeing the um, these uh, really 
interesting projects develop into something that in the end we can see is useful for, for patients and, and so on. And do that in, in cooperation as well with, with industry and healthcare. It's, it's very nice. Mm. Thank you. And what about you, Christel? Yes, I was just reflecting now that we have some comments here between the <laughs> two of us. So I'm also from a, a small village uh, in the, from the south of Sweden, from the entrepreneurial uh, area of Gnosja. Uh, from a non-academic background, and uh, I'm a complete producer of Uppsala University, so that's where <laughs> we are not similar <laughs> then. I've had a few longer international visits to the US and Australia, so uh, quite inter international perspectives, and I've collaborated a lot with different international groups. Uh, so I'm a pharmacist by training, educated here at Uppsala University, also got my PhD here. And uh, I continued as a researcher directly after my PhD, uh, continuing in, uh, at Uppsala University, but was awarded a Marie Curie Fellowship to Monash University. So I spent two years down at Monash uh, between 2010 and 12, and since then I'm also an adjunct associate professor at uh, Monash University in Melbourne. Um, yeah, so that's a little bit about my background. Mm. And what led you to the role you have today? I think it is this with uh, a strong international network and also uh, a strong ability to lead larger projects and collaborate with companies. So that's something that I have with me since my PhD studies, actually. And I think that's also something you have with you if you're within uh, the field of drug delivery, that it, we do a lot of research in close connection to different companies and uh, external stakeholders, so to speak. Uh, so that background brought me into this. And I was also a part of... A pre-center, one can can call it, to this larger edition of of the uh, drug delivery center. And what do you find most motivating with your role? Of course, it's <laughs> the people. And uh, when you work in these kind of um, centers, where you have all these different expertise, also collaborating with uh, companies, I think uh, the research that you do in that interface that's unique. And that is really a, a strong trigger for me to take on a leadership role in this kind of uh, environment. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Uh, tell me about the centers, Kirsil. Would you like to begin and tell us about uh, Sweet Deliver? Yeah. So Sweet Deliver, that's an abbreviation of the Swedish Drug Delivery Center. Uh, it's actually only Uppsala University that is a partner as an academic partner. But then we have 16 industrial partners from Sweden, uh, Finland, Denmark and Belgium. And these industrial partners are very different. So uh, anything from big global uh, pharma companies down to small companies that are more of technology providers or service providers. And they come in with very different expertise and, and aspects. We have a little bit more than 20 research projects that are running for the time being. We are focusing also on PhD students in, in the uh, drug delivery center. Uh, but also some younger research, uh, researchers as postdoc or, or young researchers. And all these PhD students, they have joint supervisions between Uppsala University and our industrial partners. And most of them have more than one industrial partner as a co-supervisor. Our project, so I mean, we, are, we have um, uh, a long-standing track record in collaborating with industry from our faculty here at Uppsala University. But in this case, all projects are uh, joint projects between several different industrial partners. So we do not allow any bilateral projects with only Uppsala University and one industrial partner. 
And the whole process is that uh, these research projects that, that we include uh, are cooking up from the industrial partners. So they jointly come up with different ideas that they see that they have as a gap in their organizations. And then it's sort of a voting on which, which of these projects are the, the most important for us to, to pursue. So that's the whole uh, idea with the center is that it's very open science. It's truly built on trust between our partners. So they are sharing a lot of their expertise and knowledge uh, within the center, which I personally haven't seen in, in any other setting actually. Can, can I ask, uh, so both of these centers are f funded by Vinova, the Innovation Authority, uh, and what is their main purpose of, of financing these centers? Yeah, maybe I, I can start. Of course, it is to get new innovation. It's to uh, be strong and world-leading in these uh, uh, very competitive fields, which uh, are important for Sweden. When it comes to our, uh, to our field, of course, it's critical for us to maintain leadership and, and expertise and knowledge within this uh, arena for Sweden to be competitive and mm. also for economical reasons. Uh, and I can say that this idea with the center came from the industrial partners, and I'm very proud of that, actually. It came from the outside into Uppsala University. So it's not we sitting at the academic side trying to chasing up a lot of partners and, and file an application. It was really a need from the outside. And I think that was clear to Vinova also when we submitted our application. So our partners talk a lot about... They are very interested in the research, they are very interested in the innovation, but for them, the critical part is competence. And for us to educate uh, very uh, critical skills for, for these partners and easier for them than to recruit if they have this pool of competence already available in Sweden. Mm. Yeah, of course. Uh, what are your focus areas? We focus on drug delivery with three different administration routes. So that's the division that we've done now. So it's on oral medicines, parenteral medicines, and pulmonary medicines. And, and these focus areas have also been decided then by our industrial partners. Mm -hmm. And you already told us how you collaborate with others in the environment. Do you have anything more to add to that? No, I think, I mean, we accept them for, for the research project and the co-supervision. We also have a work package that is dedicated to um, more soft skill training, one can say. So, of course, our PhD students need to take specific courses as per our curriculum. But we have also added on other kind of uh, skills that we want them to have. So it's around uh, IP, it's around project management. Uh, and we in, in that, we also have a mentor program where, again, our industrial partners are then taking roles as mentors to mm. PhD students. And you mentioned some of these, uh, these partners that you have in the center? Yeah, so I can mention uh, the, the large ones, the, the global uh, pharma companies are AstraZeneca, it's Faring Pharmaceuticals, it's uh, Janssen Pharmaceutica, and it's also Orium Pharma. Mm. Then we have several local companies here in Uppsala, and to mention a few, we have um, Orexo, we have Pharmetius sitting here uh, next door, more or less, <laughs> and Amplicure. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, mm. yeah, that's interesting. So that's a few, but there are more. <laughs> are, are new partners welcome? We are welcoming new partners all the time. So actually Janssen joined in last year. Okay. So they were not with us when we started 2020. And we have a, a very clear process on how to uh, get access to our center and become a partner. And any anyone from smaller companies that think that we do interesting things and where they can contribute or would benefit from being a part of this ecosystem, anyone is mm -hmm. welcome to 
reach out. Yeah, that's great. How many students do you engage? So for the time being, uh, we have a little bit more than 20 projects. I cannot tell uh, exact numbers, but we also have a lot of master students uh, that are enrolled. Uh, we take on summer students for, for summer projects. So that actually the application was just closed uh, this week for, for this year. And there the summer projects or summer students, they do their internship with our, f uh, our companies. So they are not sitting at Uppsala University, then, then they go out for six weeks to experience uh, drug delivery in an industrial setting. Last year it was uh, a huge number of applications for that and, and very good uh, feedback on, on that initiative. So we are rolling it out again. Yeah, fantastic. Cecilia, would you like to tell us about Arm for Life? Uh, yes, so AIM for Life is it's very similar to, to the other center in terms of setup, I would say. Um, what is key, I w what I was uh, thinking about when you were talking uh, about how it kind of came together initially, it was not initiated per se by, by industry, but we noticed a, a very uh, large interest from industry in terms of approaching Uppsala University and us uh, asking for most common master thesis projects and so on. And obviously, additive manufacturing or 3D printing is a very hot topic. Um, so, and I think this is kind of key uh, for making this type of competence center work, that you have a very high interest, both in terms of um, academic research, but also from, from industry, that you have this common interest to kind of advance the field in different aspects. Uh, so I think that's very important. Uh, we have about 25 partners. Uh, we have more uh, academic uh, partners maybe than we deliver. We, um, Uppsala University is, is the coordinator and the main academic partner, but we also have strong contributions from KTH in Stockholm, uh, SLU, and then also two universities abroad, so one in, in Portugal and one in, in Spain, uh, which gives us kind of a good... Uh, a bit of international connection and, and perspective and it's very good also for the students to be able to go on exchanges both ways um, and then we have um, s several larger companies and smaller companies and uh, here in Uppsala uh, life science is of course big and Cytiva has been a very and is a very active partner um, within the competence center but then we also have several companies from uh, from the metal industry um, and of course several startups in, in Uppsala so for example Graphmatech and, and Ostdesign mm. um, that um, are co-supervising PhD projects as well and similar to you we have many master student uh, projects and of course we have the brand new master's degree in additive manufacturing at Uppsala University which uh, is also we can find synergies with the courses of course so that is very good um, mm. Yeah. And what fields are you working in? So we have um, actually s uh, several uh, foci, I would say. So we have um, additive manufacturing for implants is a big one, uh, where we also collaborate a lot with Uppsala University Hospital. Uh, and then also bioprinting, so printing with cells. And there the focus is more on making um, better organ models for evaluation of new uh, materials and drugs. Uh, so not so much making uh, real organs, but but uh, before that kind of, and trying to replace um, in vivo models in that sense. And then of course um <coughs> there's a lot of interest in in using additive manufacturing to produce complex 
constructs to help with um, bioprocessing, for example, so production of, of vaccines and so on. Um, and then we also have uh, quite some activity around implementation. So not only in, in, in healthcare and the hospitals, but also in terms of business models. So this is a new technology or relatively new. Uh, and there are a lot of questions around on the business models. And we have um, a, a lot of activity at, at Ångström actually in industrial engineering that are, they're also doing research on this within the center. Uh, in what way have you built the organization uh, in in the in the project or so in the center? Yeah, so we have uh, we basically have seven kind of theme leaders or work package leaders that are res- responsible for one focus each. Uh, but then kind of the day to day operations, so to say, is, is me, my co-director Johan Kröger, who is at uh, at Medfarm. Uh, and then we have help from a project coordinator as well. And then, of course, within these themes, there are a lot of people working on different projects. Uh, so that needs to be uh, kind of coordinated. And then, of course, we also have a board uh, with representatives from the different partners. It's chaired by uh, Lotta Jönkvist from Saitiva at the moment. Uh, and also some external representatives from um, Swedish MedTech. And so... And Kiki is. Uh, I'm actually. You <laughs> <are>. <laughs> <laughs> You're not an ordinary member, no. but uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> substitute substitute <laughs> member of the board. So yeah. I know a little bit of him mm. for life. Which is yeah. really good yeah. because we can we then have a direct uh, way of exchanging experiences yes. also yeah. uh, on a regular yeah. basis. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually my next question. So you already answered it. How how do you collaborate, or what do you see that are uh, benefits of being? being able to collaborate so to say i mean you you might be able to print drugs in the future yeah th- that is also one of our uh, topics so we have it's not as big as, as the other um, themes i mentioned before but uh, at least not in our um, competence center but of course in kiki's uh, mm. competence center mm. Um, but but yeah, you have a project within our competence mm. center actually with uh, with some researchers at at Ångström mm. that are working on on uh, drug delivery through or actually more kind of dose uh, dependency questions uh, through additive manufacturing. Mm. 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 And are there other uh, centers in Sweden or in the world, as you know, that uh, works in these fields and offers this kind of structure and collaboration? I mean, from from drug delivery formulation uh, um, point of view, there are a few others in, in Sweden as well. So we have uh, Next Biofarm focusing on biological drugs. We have the um, Formula X that has been uh, focusing on uh, siRNA delivery. And then now comes this Oligonova initiative as oh well yeah. in Gothenburg. So there, there's a few, but I would say that all of us have... Uh, slightly different directions and it's really the or <laughs> the synergistic effect of these that makes the field strong uh, we had a lot of discussions actually of um, and and was also asked to to think around merging sweet deliver with next bioform when we made the application to vinova uh, but we s- we decided not to from both ends because it was so huge so it would be very small money so to speak if if you would do that to this field so we gambled a bit and submitted two different applications, and in the end, both were funded by mm. but through different schemes, okay. which I think was uh, was great because otherwise, as said, it would really not be uh, funded so that you can get this uh, high uh, 
uh, output of the centers. Yeah, and it's it's really I mean the Vinova funding is is not a huge amount of money, so we need to look at it more like kind of a starting point. Yeah and kind of core funding, and then we build from that. So we have, of course, PhD students that are funded by the center, uh, but also many students and researchers that are kind of loosely affiliated because they're doing research within the field, but they can still benefit from interaction mm. with the center, uh, but they might not always be directly funded by the center. No, uh, we, have th we have the same now with uh, uh, several new associated projects that are funded from completely different schemes, but where they can benefit from taking part in, for instance, our work package with, within training and just the exchange of, of ideas and research, but also, of course, of the infrastructure that you now are able to build within these centers due to that we have that core funding, as, as you're talking about. So mm. it's, it's an important starting point, um, but it's also important as a leader and a researcher in this field to think around not dilute the funding too much, mm. which I think uh, was what we did between uh, Sweet Deliver and Xbioform. It's it's very good for um, visibility and credibility, but yeah, we need to work a lot to kind of strengthen the the, the field in terms of funding as mm. well. But you you were raising the new uh, program, the new master program in additive manufacturing, and we also have established uh, a series or a number of, of new international master programs at the Faculty of Pharmacy and we have one in biopharmaceuticals starting during the autumn. Uh, we also have a relatively new one in uh, drug discovery and development where the first round of students now do their master projects. And I think that jointly with the centers, that's extremely good because we have a very good exchange between the, the master programs and the center, but it also means that we have a very good recruitment uh, <laughs> foundation for mm. PhD students, for instance, within the center. Mm. Um, and recruitment takes a lot of time. So if you then have people already sort of sitting here with uh, expertise training from a master within the field, uh, it's also easier to do the recruitment into the to the centers. And hopefully they, they like to live in Sweden then after <laughs> maybe five, six, seven years in this country. Yeah, I was going to say it's international masters, so there's mm. a lot of international students, uh, which of course, uh, it becomes a very good mix uh, within the setting. Um, and I, yeah, I think it's that it's just a, a good thing. Mm. But yeah, you were asking about other competence centers as yeah. well. In, uh, so in Sweden, there is... Uh, one other that is focusing on additive manufacturing, so it's Kamtvo in... Um, or CAM2 in uh, Gothenburg. Uh, but they're focusing on metals uh, only. And we're, of course, focusing on the life sciences applications more. And we actually uh, cover all material classes, so uh, not only metals. Uh, and there are many additive manufacturing centers around the world. Uh, but I think Uppsala is, is unique in, in the sense that we have both the materials competence around the additive manufacturing, uh, but also a very strong life science uh, um, hub, of course. Uh, so uh, we have, as I mentioned before, there have been a lot of companies being showing interest in this and, and being active in the competence center. So, so that I think is, is our main strength to combine these, these two fields. Yeah, I was thinking we differ a little bit with uh, regard to the academic setting within within the centers. And I said that it's only Uppsala University that is 
the sort of academic hub for Sweet Deliver. And, and there's a reason for that. The main reason is that there's only one uh, faculty of pharmacy in Sweden, and that's here mm. in Uppsala. So we have the expertise within all disciplines within the pharmaceutical drug discovery and, and development field. Uh, but it was also a question, or, um, or <laughs> rather a request from uh, our partners, that it should be only one. Uh, they wa wanted to have the critical mass sitting at one point. So to, to be sure, again, not to dilute uh, too much and have um, lonely PhD students sitting maybe one or two uh, at another place. So that was uh, actually a request from our industrial partners. And that was also a little bit of gambling because sometimes... Um, uh, the wind uh, change. So if it was positive <laughs> before to have this uh, lighthouse, one can call it, yeah. with uh, having uh, the critical mass sitting in one place, when we were to file the application to Vinova, that was not what they requested. They wanted to have it distributed. So that was uh, quite a, a big gamble to put in that application in that way. Uh, but again, since that was a very strong wish from, from the industrial partners, that was what we mm. went for. That said, we have very strong... Um, collaborations with other academic partners uh, and also strong collaborations with, for instance, Next Biopharma, as I already talked about. And we have a strong collaboration within the Nordic region. So we have an agreement with all other pharmacy schools in the Nordic region where we have money for mobility. So several of our PhD students have the possibility to go to any of these labs and make use of their infrastructure. So it's actually <laughs> a huge academic setting that we can offer through that extra funding that we have. And for instance, for the time being, we have one of the PhD students uh, sitting in at Oslo University and make use of their infrastructure that they have. Mm. Uh, yeah, these competence centers are very special in the sense that they are uh, quite open uh, also in terms of how you organize them. Uh, which makes it, it's of course both an advantage and a disadvantage because it can be a bit hard to to figure out the structure that works for your partners. Um, and it has to work uh, for the partners because yeah. otherwise they are not engaged. No. And if they are not engaged, you don't get the funding into the center so mm. and the competence and knowledge. Yeah. But it was very strange for some of our partners in the beginning that we didn't have like a set structure mm. so that we could decide ourselves. So... But I guess it's it's more common in the academic setting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess. So how, how much uh, have you benefited from having, um, for instance, people from the, from the public sector or, or uh, from the industry being part of these competence centers? I would say, I mean, they, they do point out the direction. They know their needs. And, and as I said, I'm, I'm just returning back to that for our partners, it's, it's really the question about being able to recruit the right competence that is the most important for them. Then it's fun for them to be heavily involved in research. It's uh, rewarding to be co-supervisor or work package leader. So we also have uh, in our work packages, we have an academic leader and then we have two industrial co-leads for each of them. And, and they are sort of framing how to run a work package. So they don't necessarily arrange the work package in the same way, the meetings in the same way, or make notes in the same way. It's up to the work package. Um, and that's rewarding for, for the industrial partners. And they, for us as academic uh, academics, I think it's really about getting the ideas and getting, getting also access to some infrastructure that we don't have otherwise, that we can get from, uh, in particular, the uh, large, big pharma companies. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I agree when it comes to the, the industrial partners. And then, of course, we also have a lot of um, dialogue with uh, Uppsala University Hospital. And there, in general, I've, I've always found, found it super rewarding to have a clinician within the, in the project. So even if we wouldn't do like clinical research directly, uh, they always have very good input uh for us not to go in the wrong direction like early on and then spend a lot of time on something that w you can't use in the hospital. Mm. Uh, so that I, I, f I find very rewarding. And now, of course, we have them directly involved in the research projects. We have some projects going into um, kind of the clinical setting. And they also, of course, have their own research um, parallel to the clinic. Uh, so on, on cell biology and, and so on that they're directly involved in um, and then we, we also have the region of Uppsala in the in the competence center and that is very good it's uh, we have very um, um, enthusiastic people involved that uh, <laughs> that that really they do a lot to kind of push the, the region forward and making sure that uh, collaborations work and uh, we talk strategies and, and how to how to strengthen this even further so that is it's very very good yeah, that's great here. Um, something that we hear a lot about nowadays and what companies must relate to is Agenda 2030 and sustainable development and cross-sectoral development. What does it all mean in your line of work? I think we have to um, kind of relate to that a lot. Uh, we're working towards several of those goals, of course. There are several um, connected to health and well-being and also sustainability and uh, additive manufacturing kind of per se is, is at least in, in some people's mind a way of, of uh, creating things in a more sustainable way uh, in terms of circularity and so on. I mean, you can use less material um, depending on which type of energy you use. You can also use less energy and reduce the carbon footprint um, and then it also allows for making um, new materials with new microstructures. So then you can probably replace some of the elements, the critical elements that you want to replace. Uh, so there are a lot of those aspects as well. And then, of course, it's it's also depending on the type of material you print. It's it's something it's a technique that you could uh, place close to the user, uh, which is, of course, good for uh, uh, democratic principles mm. and so on and it's also um, it's it's a technology that, that lends itself very well to innovation uh, so if you give someone a printer they, they kind of become innovative <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah there, there are several different aspects yeah, to I this. would say 3d printing from drug delivery perspective uh, point of view it, it actually leads to an equal health care yes. or equal care mm. Uh, where you can position these 3D printers in, in any hospital or you can even, I usually talk about uh, uh, rural areas and maybe tropical climate where it's very difficult to, to actually just distribute out uh, fresh medications. So there to position 3D printers, it can be a game changer. Mm -hmm. So it solves some logistical mm. issues. Yeah. Uh, what requirements uh, or demands do you see coming that affect uh, you and the industry and in what way may your organizations help support the industry in meeting these demands? I would say, I mean, within our field, um, 
it's it's developing very quickly and uh, in particular with regard to large molecules then so maybe i changed the question a little <laughs> bit <laughs> but uh, yeah <laughs> but to do it, that's great <laughs> uh, but i think the center what the center has done is actually that we have started to establish research and and get high research profile within sweden within new areas that we didn't research that much upon before and in particular when it comes to biological molecules uh, from a more of a formulation point of view or delivery point of view so that's been that's been critical it's more or less like the center is a response to that demand so it was set up to make sure that we have that competence and that know-how know-how in the country so maybe i twisted it a yeah, little it's bit all good. but that's um, <laughs> I, I i would say that's where we are for the time being so at least uh, uh, at our faculty we have got a number of new directions where we have developed expertise during the last four or five years that we've been exploring around these topics so that's been very good for our faculty mm. Mm. i guess uh, i mean a, a, a general kind of answer to that is, is i mean for us it's typically that we can help with really doing cutting-edge research and being at the forefront in that sense. Uh, and in the competence centers, I think it's, it's very rewarding as well and stimulating to, to feel that we're kind of pushing the boundaries together. So we're going together, the academia industry and healthcare, and we have kind of common goals and, and really um, work together for those. What I also see with the demands, what kind of demands that we see uh, yeah, moving forward and, and what we need to do is really this around being educating the next generation drug delivery scientists to be they should be experts but they also need to be thinking in very multidisciplinary ways they need to understand uh, a lot of different techniques they don't necessarily need to be expert experts on they, them but they need to understand how they can be used when they can be used and how trustworthy are the data how to analyze such data or how to interpret the data that you get out and one thing that for sure is developing uh, extremely fast is data-driven life science. So uh, all these different kind of computational modeling and simulation tools that are used, that's actually one of the things that we have as a general stream uh, for our PhD students so that they should be aware of, of these. Even if they are experimentalists, they should be aware of, of what these tools uh, can supply you with. So yes. I think that's a that's a, a big demand actually, and uh, it can be a little bit uh, overwhelming at times. I, I think, especially for young researchers, uh, that it is such such a broad field, and you need to know so much. Um, but to get that in early on in the training and and try to help out and support that development, I think is very important for us as academic leaders. Mm. Yeah, it's similar for us, and one of the things that we see that we need to strengthen within the competence center is uh, is the use of AI in, in additive manufacturing, which is not uh, something that we do a lot at the moment, but that we want to <coughs> strengthen. And then one of the reasons as well for creating this competence center is, is the lifelong lear learning part. Um, I mean, many of the industrial partners, of course, they join, they join for the competence mm. and the competence development, and not only in like future employees, but also for their own employees yeah, that's interesting i'm always curious when you have this kind of it's still like kind of a project because it's it's limited in time and on funding from your application to where you are today how much does it differ or i think one of one thing that i struggle with i don't know with you cecilia but i struggle with uh, how to measure because i mean as we talked about this is now funded partly one third is coming from vinova 
and they are interested in what kind of innovations came out from, from this center. And that, I think, is very difficult to measure in our case because we have said in, in our center to build that trust and to, to be able to share all this knowledge between the partners. We have said that we will focus on more basic science and then the partners can take that basic science and the methods that we develop, take them out to their um, different um, uh, arenas and then yeah, innovate whatever they want. So how do we measure if one of our methods that we have developed was involved mm -hmm. in a future medical mm -hmm. product? How do we mm -hmm. measure innovation? I don't know. Do you have a good <laughs> strategy? No, no, it's very hard. I mean, uh, the application doesn't... I mean, what we do, it doesn't differ that much from the application, actually. Um, but, but, but yeah, that the innovation part and uh, making use of the results is very hard to measure, uh, I agree, also because the I industry is so heavily involved. I mean, in our typical <laughs> projects, if we do research that we can imagine uh, can also be used somewhere and become a real innovation, uh, we have the innovation system in Uppsala, mm -hmm. we know what to do, we have both me and Kiki have mm -hmm. started our own companies yeah. and, and patented and so on. Um, but but in these projects where industry is heavily involved, I mean, they have their own uh, roots. Yes. <coughs> so it's very hard for us to, to, to get, obviously, uh, full insight into what happens. Uh, yeah. so, so I think, no, it, that is impossible to measure, yeah. I think. Uh, and I think that is also kind of something that we will have to explain to Vinova yeah. <laughs> in our reports. Um, yeah, but I think you touched upon it uh, when you said it's about trust and relevance. Mm. Yeah. And... I think um, people recognize that. Mm. Yeah. It's difficult to put on paper, though. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and that was why my next question. What, uh, what results will you have delivered uh, at the project end? Then? Or what goals would you, softer goals, would you say that you want to deliver, which are hard to maybe report to Vinova, but... What is your visions and goals for the yeah. future I mean, of this centre? Our, vi our vision, of course, it's been, you know, if you if you would go back and read that application, it's around a number of innovations we hope for, a number of patents, um, number of publications in high-impact journals and so forth. Mm. But really, I mean, my goal, uh, being the director of this, is that we should be a very uh, well-recognized partner for many uh, in 2024. That we deliver is uh, not just something that our 16 partners or maybe more partners in 2024 knows about, but that we are really international, internationally well renowned. Uh, we can say, say that we do world leading science. We can see that through our publications, but we also want you know the brands we deliver to be the one that is known and not only the researchers behind a particular publication, which it which it otherwise can be so really branding that the center and I think it's important it's <laughs> it's important for me as a director to do that of course but I think it's super important for Uppsala I think it's super important for Sweden to to actually reach to that bar that we uh, and also mm. aim for life mm. and I I talk a lot when I when, when I talk about what I do I talk a lot about that Uppsala is an amazing region to sit in we have so much expertise and we are completely unique here I would say with what we do uh, we just need to let people know and understand mm. how great we are. Mm. So, I mean, that's also the benefit with having several of these competence centers, just like five minutes walk between each other. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we just need to 
Yeah, yeah no, I agree. We're not typically uh, great at um, yeah marketing ourselves. Uh, I would say we we try. I see you on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I see you as well. I try as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So I mean, we have the same goal in that sense. I think we want that is of course the, is kind of our vision uh, with the center to become someone to to kind of. Um, that, that you make a mark internationally in, in within the field. The go-to center. Yeah, you're the go-to center, uh, AM, for the life sciences. This is where to be. Um, and of course, to do that as well, we, we have strategies to, to grow, but, but also we can't grow too much because, yeah, it's not, um, you, c- you can't manage that. Um, so that is kind of the, the the goal, and then I mean beyond 2025, we count on kind of still being alive and and, and continue to to be active and and um, a global competitor, so to say. Uh, so I think that's that's kind of the overall goal, and then of course we have sub sub goals in terms of mm-hmm. uh, specific implants and specific models yeah. and so on uh, that we want to deliver. But but the overall goal is that. Um, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what are you most pr- proud of having achieved so far? Getting started during COVID. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's actually <laughs> a good answer. <laughs> no, but I mean, uh, yeah, uh, 100% that, yeah. I would say, uh, because we have a lot of partners, many partners that have not worked with us before. So really getting that together during COVID has been a, a challenge. Uh, I mean, it's not perfect but it's the best we could do and i'm really proud of all the projects within the center people are it's very good people working in the projects and they are advancing in their research uh despite covid and uh, difficulties and so on so yeah mm. that is i think the main thing yeah i i agree on that we had a smaller initiative prior to this center and so eight of our current partners was in that initiative uh, so it has actually it was it was good that we had the foundation, but it's also quite difficult and during COVID to merge in eight new partners that should be on an equal basis as the ones that had all this pre knowledge, so to speak. So that has uh, yeah, that I'm I'm proud of that that actually worked out, and then that this trust that I've talked about still is there, uh, in spite of that we haven't been able to to meet mm. more than over mm. screens. So, um, mm-hmm. mm. and our all our partners still being there, and we've actually added partners during yeah. this time. Uh, I know several other centers have struggled with uh, with partners having to leave or 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 so because of COVID as well. So, but I also think, I mean, from from our perspective, the center, I think, ha- has also changed the recruitment base quite significantly for uh, within our field at least. So there were groups previously that were highly international, but there were also groups that were not necessarily very international uh, within our field. And what we can see now is that it's a very international group that that has joined in with PhD students and postdocs. And also, um, I mean, since you're able to make uh, a large number of recruitments at the same time, you can also pick and choose a little bit more maybe around uh, what kind of backgrounds, m- competence background you should mm. go for so that you get a good mix of these young researchers. Mm-hmm. So that's been very interesting to, to be a part of and, and also during COVID then to do all these recruitments. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you have talked about this uh, earlier uh, during oral our um, talk, but how is how important is uh, the location 
for for the centers. Super important, I would say. I mean, I I touched yeah I touched upon it before. I mean, Uppsala is really unique in terms of. I mean, super strong academically uh, and especially in material science and in life science. And this combination is, is really good. And we also have a lot of local companies that are supporting this, that are working with within AM uh, for the life sciences as well. Um, so, yeah, it's it's very good. I thought the I mean, I have very good experience of the, the innovation system in, in Uppsala. Uh, Uppsala Innovation Center, um, but and I thought that would be more important than it actually is in the competence center, uh, because as I said before, I mean the industry they have their own roots, <laughs> so it's it's actually uh, I, I would say that is more important in other projects. Mm. Mm. Well, I agree. I mean Uppsala is an amazing place to to have these centers, and you have whatever expertise you would need next door, more mm. or less. And um, yeah, of course, that makes life much more easy. Yeah. <laughs> and that is, it's, it, yeah, and that is also a contradiction. I mean, it sounds weird, but uh, like the unique selling point of Uppsala and Uppsala University is the breadth. So mm. you can find, you can always find the expert. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what more do you think is needed in the system? What challenges and gaps do you see? What could help us? <laughs> we need money. <laughs> yeah, money, just money. <laughs> no, but it's true. I mean, I mean, other countries are putting in so much more yeah. into these types of centers. And I mean, uh, we're, of course, extremely grateful for getting the opportunity to get started. But but it's it's not a lot. Uh, so if, if one is serious about these subjects, I mean, maybe it's not these particular subjects. Maybe it's not Aim for Life or Sweet Deliver mm. that, that should be the target. But if if it is then then yeah we need more money <laughs> easy is <there> as that <laughs> is there something you would like to convey to researchers and entrepreneurs and others that might be listening to this podcast and are interested in these fields yeah so so one thing if you're interested in my particular field just reach out to me and, <laughs> and, and talk to me I'd, i would be happy to have a chat around what we do uh, but i think also um if you haven't uh, done research in the interface between academia and industry, go and do that. I think that's extremely rewarding. So um, that would be my advice. Mm, similar here. Get in touch. Um, yeah. And always, I mean, if, if this is really what interests you, that is what you should do. Um, that will give the most success to yourself and the field. I think you need to be, needs to be your, your interest and passion. Yeah, this is very inspiring. Um, first and foremost, you work in very pioneering science fields, which I think is important. And also that you you work together with those who have the need for, for the skills. And I think in, in terms of skill supply, this is one of the major issues for, for any city in any part of the world. So so this it, it's kind of a, a dilemma if you take Uppsala as a city. Would we have a bit more than 200,000 inhabitants and we have 50,000 students and we have a, a shortage of skill supply. Uh, I think that's interesting, uh, but what you're doing, working together with those who have the need, is, is very important, of course. I think also what you mentioned in terms of connectedness is, is uh, inspiring, because even if we are strong in an ecosystem like Uppsala, you still need to be connected. You need to be connected uh, in, in na nationally and internationally and, and cross-disciplinary and so on, and, and you have that experience from 
from your uh, journey so far and you also have implemented it into your competence centers which i think is very beneficial uh, both for you and also for the ecosystem in, as a whole so so that's perfect um, and we're looking forward to, to learn more in the future so thank you for Great. being part of this podcast thank you Thanks thank you This podcast series is developed and produced by Stuns Life Science. Stuns is a foundation creating sustainable growth through private-public collaborations. Thank you for listening and for more information about this podcast and as well as about Stuns, please visit our website lifescience.stuns.se and follow us on LinkedIn where you will find us under our name.